It's the Wealth and Wisdom Podcast, providing you wisdom on investments, taxes, retirement, and other topics that listeners will benefit from, all in hopes of helping you build and enjoying your wealth your way. Here's your host, Michael Loftus of Loftus Wealth Strategies. Well, this is Michael Loftus with Wealth and Wisdom TV, and welcome to podcast lucky number 13. First time here, I am a practicing financial advisor. We are a registered investment advisory firm, meaning we do act as a fiduciary. We do podcasts just like this, of course. We also do market updates, latest up here, and also below under comments. We have also are in the process of launching a new podcast called Wednesday Wisdom. So if you like what you hear, please do consider subscribing. So today, as always, like to kick off with a quote from Jim Rohn. Formal education will make you a living. Self-education will make you a fortune. Hmm. Something to ponder upon, huh? I like it. So last time we talked about Universal Truths in Retirement, two-part series, five then. Let's give you five more today. Kicking things off. Money sitting in cash isn't keeping up with inflation. What should you do? Well, there's a couple things. The answer is correct, right? Now, CPI is 3.9, 3.8%. It's not inflation. That is rate of change of inflation. We all know that we're paying 10, 15, 20, 25% more than we did just a few years ago. So the answer is no. But that being said, we are getting very attractive rates right now, okay? You can see rates upwards of 4.75, upwards of 5.5%. So now that is cash. So you've got savings at banks. They do not pay out. That's for another story, but that is ridiculous. But you can find money markets. We have a firm we're partnered with called Flourish. It offers great rates of 5% right now. Several other resources. Fidelity, our custodian, is right around 5%. And that is what I call risk-free return. So not keeping up with inflation, but at least it allows you for your investments or cash to grow over time. Eventually, and hopefully, inflation will go down. Diversification is essential for risk management, okay? Diversifying your investments across a mix of asset classes can help you spread risk. Now, if you've been here before, you know I am not a big believer in the buy and hold 60-40 concept. Like I do that? Anyways, here's the big reason. Let's talk about what's happening right now in bonds. I'll bring up a chart here on the screen. We are down almost 50% from our high just a couple years ago on bonds. Bonds, right? We put bonds in portfolio for risk, right? For To reduce risk and hopefully get that return. Well, guess what? As yields have surged, right? Yields go up, prices go down. Year to date alone, we're down 18% in bonds. So I don't believe in that. I think you gotta go where you can. That's why we have what we'll call a go anywhere process, okay? And we're not in bonds right now. now there are some ultra short bond funds that are paying very similar to those 
uh, rates I was talking about, some even higher, right, that are invested in T-bills and one-year treasuries, right, which is pretty strong right now. So again, not a big believer. Check out our latest video. I mean, again, we're a go-anywhere place. Right now, our biggest holding is inflation assets again, oil, uranium, and a couple other areas as well. So it depends on what's happening and where we are within the cycle. That's for other video as well. Emotions can be an investor's worst enemy. Yes, yes, right? Daniel Kahneman wrote a book. It's about emotions and the effect we have on investments that we make the worst possible decisions in these times. Had a client, a recent client, who did not believe my data. Now, data is data, okay? I don't make up numbers. I get the data from, could be the government, right, when it comes to GDP and growth and manufacturing, you name it. Data is hard numbers, period, end of sentence. But the emotional side was feeling that all the things that the government's doing right now is really going to help us grow into next year. I do not believe that from a macroeconomic standpoint, okay? That was emotions. I don't care about emotions. You have to be emotion, emotional-less when making investment decisions. Tax implications matter. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to get a little bit more here in the next section, but one of the things we do as an advisor, right? We manage money, buying and selling, right? Create those portfolios. We do financial planning, but then we also do tax planning, not tax advice, right? We're allowed to do tax planning, have great software that allows us to do that. So tax implications come down to when we're taking that income, right? Where do we take it from in the most tax efficient way? Every advisor should be doing that for you. So yes, I do think it does matter very much so. Retirement doesn't mean complete disengagement from work. It's up to you, <laughs> okay? I would say yes, so many clients, right? Uh, my wife's mother's been in a flower shop for 15 years, loves it, right? Gives her a chance to get out. I have other clients continue to work in some capacity, do photography for real estate companies, work part-time here and you know various different jobs to keep busy. May not need the money, but like keeping busy, like keeping engaged. Now, others just want to play golf and relax. So it's up to you, but no, you make that choice. It is definitely not a time you have to fully disengage. Estate planning is just for the wealthy. So this comes up a lot, right? And I, I would say the answer is most likely yes, okay? Of course, every circumstance is different and that's really where we have to make those decisions, okay? But I generally look at assets above three fifty, dollars $400,000, to consider some estate planning, trust in particular, okay? Because a couple reasons. One, a will can be contested, okay? A trust really allows you to put forth your wishes and have it very definitive and how it does go. Now, a lot of times with some accounts, they don't need that. They have just an IRA, they're gonna split it, etc. So if you have just an IRA, maybe not, okay, because the beneficiary is going to determine. But again, here, we could have, and I've done this with clients, maybe one child is entrusted, they're worried about it, so they'll put their uh, part of an IRA into a trust and have what's called a spendthrift trust, okay? So it just depends, but no, it is not just for 
the wealthy. So that wraps, wraps up that section. Let's move on to topic number two today. Next up, we have retirement planning's hidden questions. These might be unasked and or overlooked. So first up, how much are my tax deferred savings going to cost me in taxes? So first up, tax deferred. So let's say you're working, you've got a 401k, a 403b, a 457, any type of retirement plan, simple set, et cetera, I could go on, right? You retire, you're gonna roll it into a IRA. Now, wanna start taking income, so what do we do? It comes out at ordinary income, meaning your effective tax rate. So if you're in a 10% tax rate, that's gonna be your taxes, 15, et cetera. Now, not gonna get into a big tax story here. We know how taxes are blended together over time, but that's why both our financial planning software and our tax planning software has all the calculations for this. Now, specifically, the tax planning software is going to give us our effective tax rate. So if we're taking some from retirement accounts, some from non-retirement accounts, but you have capital gains, dividends, et cetera, right? We'll then be able to calculate and keep that a certain number, especially if you are taking some type on a healthcare plan, want to keep it under X amount of uh, dollars to make sure you can keep your healthcare as low as possible, et cetera. How much can I withdraw from my savings each year, right? It just depends, right? <clears throat> the uh, withdrawal rate that everyone talks about, standard, is 4%. Well, not everyone's life is standard, right? Some could be less, some could be more. We don't want to go too high, right? And then you also have RMD, required minimum distribution, which is forced distributions out of your IRA <clears throat> once you're over 72. Okay, that starts at about 4%, 3.8%. So, it really does depend. We want to make sure. So let's go back to that financial planning side of things that I do. We put that all into the plan. We look at the money in, money out, right? Money in, money out, surplus deficit. We project that over time. Look at a you know earnings rate, withdrawal rate, and we can see the most important thing is, are you going to run out of money? That also can determine how much you want to take out in retirement. Next up, should I still have life insurance when I'm retired? I mean, I would say yes, okay? Some people uh, that I've come across, not my clients, have stopped using them, but look, depending on the policy, right? For me, I'm a believer in what I'll call hybrid insurance. It would be a life with a long-term care option. Can get into that another time, but do like that, can help either pay for long-term care, obviously, and also have a death benefit. In a lot of cases, had this conversation with a client. Maybe we draw down some of that IRA, right? Because it's taxable, okay? To pay some of those expenses while you're in a lower tax bracket and keep that life insurance intact. So I'm a believer in it because again, you've got tax bills and whatnot, money coming out when you pass on. So you want to consider that and also from a long-term care perspective as well. So I would say keep it, but every circumstance is different. What kind of medical coverage when I need over and above Medicare? So, not a Medicare specialist. I'm licensed for life and health, okay, that allows me to sell long-term care, which I do understand. But 
understanding that I am not an expert in Medicare. I bring experts in and help our clients. But, you know, you have what's called Medigap and it's, right, which so in order to get Medigap, you have to do A and B, okay? You have to have that. Then you can get Medigap. And there's, right, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. They skip H, right? A few more, okay? Again, put something here on the screen. I'll put a link to a guy that does this business, but also did a video last year on this. But uh, no doubt there's a lot of different options. Most, and it depends what's important to you, right? D drugs, right? You can figure that out. But other type of uh, care that Medicare will not uh, pay for. It would take a full video to go through all of that. So make sure you talk to your professional on that. How much am I paying in fees and commission, right? Almost everyone realizes they have fees associated with financial plan, don't realize the other fees. So, you know, everything should be disclosed as an RAA, Registered Investment Advisory Firm, right? All the documents we put together, they're fully disclosed in our client agreements that we have, okay? I walk through that with everybody. Our fees are, are based on assets under management, number one. But our fee does include everything, okay? So uh, in our case, it includes the money management, but also the financial planning, tax planning. All that goes into our fee. And the fee starts at one, um, uh, flat is about 1.05, can go up on smaller accounts, can go down, okay, as we get into accounts that are, you know, multiple million dollars. So it depends on that. Uh, specific account. But for us, we're fee-based only, okay? That's as a registered investment advisory firm, as a fiduciary. Some people, and I do, right? I'll charge for plan information below if that's all they want from me, okay? I don't do a lot of that, but I will, especially for viewers on YouTube. We do have a special there. Again, link below. Uh, <coughs> and then some people, I've, I had someone come in a new client, they were charging $5,000 a year for a financial plan. I said, let me see it. Like, what is in that $5,000 a year plan, right? I mean, that's just craziness to charge that much money. So it depends on the advisor, where you are in the country. So that's a cost. And then the other cost, of course, I got in this in the last video, A shares, right, which are upfront fees and whatnot, commissions. I don't, I can't imagine advisors charging like stockbrokers per trade, but, you know, some things do happen. So all of that should be disclosed now with rules and regulations. Uh, it has to be, but again, as a fee-based advisor, it's all right there and it's, it's flat for us. So with that, let's go to the mailbag. All right, first up, we have Jennifer in New Mexico. That's a new one. Wow, our last video, again, up here and below, uh, thank you so much. We had 16,000 views on that one. So obviously have people from all over the country uh, watching and sending us questions. We're planning to sell our house and downsize to a smaller home within a year. Our current home is paid off so we could pay in cash for the next home. Seems pretty wise, but the interest rates were lower when we first started thinking about this, right? And we're thinking about getting a mortgage and investing the leftover cash. Is that strategy no longer making sense. In this case, I would say no. Okay. As of Friday, we're above seven and a half percent on mortgage rates. So if you have a hundred thousand dollar mortgage, right, you're paying $7,500 in interest right there. Okay. So 200,000 and go on and on and on. So 
in order for it to make sense, you'd have to make above 7.5%, uh, which is reasonable in bull markets sometimes. Depends on risk and everything else. I'm not one of those people who says, oh, the market's average 7% a year, like Jim Cramer says that. No, I have a video on that. I'll put a link. That's just not the case. So right now, if you have cash, pay the cash. Maybe over time, if you need something, some people might do line of credits. I don't really agree with that concept, but everyone's case is different. That's why we do that financial plan. So <coughs> Tony in Washington, D.C., I'm going to leave money to both of my sons when I die. I have two rental properties that I want them to split evenly. Do I need a will, a trust, or both? We're well, going to need, you know, when you set this up, you're going to need a will, right? You want to do wills, and then you should have a DNR, do not resuscitate, and your POA, power of attorney. In this case, a trust. Yes, not only would I recommend a trust, I would recommend putting those assets in a trust just to protect yourself. So in this case, I would do a trust. They could be split, but again, just avoid the headaches. Put a trust in there. It's much more ironclad, okay? You could have stipulations on that when it can be sold and, you know, if they have healthcare needs, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot more you can do with a trust. And it also say, stays private, right? You don't have to worry about going through probate. Those assets don't get listed on the local county website. So in this case, yes, I would agree that a uh, trust would be a good idea. David in Rhode Island. I just turned 72. I'm about to retire. Congratulations. I recently took a look at how much I'll have to start withdrawing from my IRAs and 401k because I'm old and they're forcing me to make withdrawals. Between my Social Security and the money they're forcing me to take out, I'll have higher income and retirement than I have right now while I'm working. Can they really make me withdraw that much? Uh, yes, unless, okay? So if you do consider to continue to work in some capacity and have a 401k, you don't have to do that required minimum distribution out of a 401k if you're older, okay? So that's one way. Outside of that, you are going to be forced. If you are fully stopped working, yes, you're going to have to take that. So, you know, then the question becomes, going back to what we talked about the last two sections about taxes, right? Some tax planning, what can we do? Are you charitable-minded, right? You can do what's called qualified distributions out of your IRA directly to charities to reduce your income and those RMDs. Again, if you're charitable-minded, that's a good thing that you can do. So in this particular case, unfortunately, yes, unless you're still working with 401k. So some good financial planning and planning. You know, I've got a lot of clients that take that money out, put it in an investment account and keep going from there. Some will take it out to use and utilize to pay life insurance policies. So that wraps up for today. Thanks so much for watching. Michael Loftus, Wealth, Wisdom, TV, and Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Wealth and Wisdom Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to schedule time with Michael Loftus to review goals and or financial plans, please give us a call at 302-251-8901. You can also visit us at lwsde.com to contact or check out many resources, including our video blog. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite app. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and pretty much wherever you can find shows. Material discussed is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as specific investment, tax, or legal advice.
please consult your accountant and attorney for specific advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Loftus Wealth Strategies, LLC, a registered investment advisor.